0: After re-signing Adam Modavino, what is left for the Mets to do this offseason? I'll break down their options on today's edition of Locked On Mets. You are Locked On Mets, your daily New York Mets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello to all you Maze and Mets fans. You're listening to Locked On Mets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Mets your first listen every day. Locked On Mets is free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. On the show today, I'll be breaking down what the Mets can still do before spring training begins. The first segment, we'll talk about where the bullpen stands currently after the Adam Anavena signing. In the second segment, I'll discuss why Wandy Peralta is the ideal final piece to add to that bullpen. Then in the final segment, I'll talk about a couple of contract extensions the Mets could still do uh, before the season starts, as well as one more signing that's not a DH, it's not a reliever, that I think the Mets should still try to make this offseason. But before we get to any of that, I'm your host, Ryan Finkelstein. If you want to find any of my work, follow me on X at FinkelsteinRyan. You can also find some of my writing at JustBaseball.com where I work as the manager editor, where I wrote a piece that just went up today talking about the top 10 players at the National League East. A little bit of interest here, I'm sure, for Mets fans, so figured I'd get a little mention on the show. I also want to let you know that today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Today, new customers who join will get $200 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. Now, I did a show on Sunday because Adam Onavino resigned with the Mets. So if you're looking for a full breakdown of that signing, you can find that on your podcast feeds or going back on YouTube. But now I want to look at where this team stands. because There's a couple of weeks left before spring training starts, and I think the Mets are about done. So what is left for them to do? Can they make another signing? Is there an extension that can be had? I'm going to go through some options throughout the show. And we're going to begin by looking at this bullpen after the Adovino signing. So you got Edwin Diaz, Adam Adovino, Brooks Raley, Drew Smith, Jorge Lopez. To me, those are the five locks. They're all in major league deals. They're all going to be in this bullpen barring injury, right? Now, the question is, how many relievers will the Mets carry? I personally believe that this is going to be a six-man rotation or something close to it. I think David Stearns could redefine what a rotation looks like this year for the Mets. It might not be a straight five, man. It might not be the typical uh, strategy, right, of you know your starting pitcher hands the ball to your setup man who hands the ball to the closer. There could be some bulk guys going. We could see some openers. We could see some guys piggyback. You could see Adrian Hauser and Tyler McGill pitching on the same day, maybe getting eight innings and leading right into Edwin Diaz. But the Mets can be really creative this year, and I do believe that when you come to opening day, again, barring injury, you're going to see Kodai Senga, Jose Quintana, Luis Severino, Sean Manaya, Adrian Hauser, and Tyler McGill as part of this pitching staff. So that's six arms. There's five that I mentioned in that bullpen. That leaves you with two other arms. You have Joey Lucchese and Jose Budo, who could also be in the you know, bullpen mix as long men. You also have Michael Tonkin, who... Had a deal or a season last year with the Braves where he got bulk innings and he would pitch for two innings. Had a 4-2-8 ERA in 80 innings. He was solid. He got a split contract with the Mets. So he has a leg up on some of those other minor league signings. Austin Adams, also a split contract. He had a 5-7-1 ERA last year in 24 games. Has a really interesting pitch mix because he just throws his slider 90% of the time. Uh, but the Mets like him. That's why he got a split deal. So he's got a shot. Max Cranick was just claimed off waivers, a guy who had a lot of promise with the Pirates, got hurt. He's now going to maybe transition to be a relief pitcher after being a starter earlier in his career. Who knows? Maybe he's a diamond in the rough. There's all the minor league signings. There's Phil Bickford, who we saw down the stretch last year. He had his moments. Sean Reed Foley has nine lives. I think he's on at least the eighth one of those with the Mets, but he's still lingering around. You have Grant Hartwig and Josh Walker on the 40-man roster, two younger pitchers who still have a ton of options, so I imagine they'll be parked in Syracuse. But each of them has shown some flashes. I like them. So there are a lot of options. The Mets can just stay internal, let it be a battle in spring training, and I think they have enough pitching to fill out a pretty decent staff right now. Is it the highest of upsides? Does it have a lot of really exciting names? Are you blown away by that starting rotation? No. Are you you know, even just salivating about the inning relievers and thinking, oh, my God, just – give this team a lead in the seventh inning and they're going to lock it down. Not necessarily, but I think this is a team that, you know, is focused more right now on getting as much depth as possible and trying to ride the waves of the season. And I believe that their hope is that this team can be better than 500 and in playoff contention because of the stars that are here, you know, for the position player front, Brandon Nimble, Francisco Lador, Pete Alonso, Jeff McNeil, Francisco Alvarez as the best of the young guys and the other young guys coming up. In their rotation, Kodai Senga hoping that you might get some type of a breakout performance or a bounce back from a guy like Severino or Manaya or and who knows, maybe a pitching prospect comes up and surprises you. In the bullpen, just having Edwin Diaz back, I think they're hoping that the star talent will pull the rest of these guys along and they're trying to just fill the gaps with replacement level guys. So they can do that with this bullpen and sit tight. But I do think there's a need here. And it's adding another lefty to that bullpen because right now you sort of need Brooks Rayleigh to pitch and leverage. So who is that guy that comes out of the bullpen in the fifth inning when Tyler McGill has, you know, left some traffic on the bases and you got to face Bryce Harper or, or Freddie Freeman or Matt Olson, whatever lefty it is in the National League, you want to have a lefty specialist that you can throw out there. And that's why there's been a ton of interest that the Mets have shown lately in Juan Peralta. So to me, that there's one more arm to add, as much as I'd love for them to get Blake Snell or Jordan Montgomery, I think we've all come to terms with the fact that that's just not going to happen. It's adding that lefty. And when you sign Adam Bonavino for $4.5 million, and you apparently had $10 million to spend, there's no excuse not to take that other chunk of that $10 million, if that really is true, what Andy Martino reported, and go out and get Wandy Peralta. So I want to talk about Peralta's stuff in the next segment. I also want to break down a couple other lefties that are out there, although I really don't like anybody else but Peralta. Um, so I'll explain why I'm not in on Peralta, why he makes the most sense, who else is out there, and then beyond that we'll move on in the final segment to Um, Some other moves that could be made, some extensions that still could be had, um, some other signings that could be made. So we'll talk about all of it throughout the show. But first, today's episode is brought to you by Factor. Have you ever opened the fridge at home and just saw nothing you wanted to eat in it? You just get into that rut where you've been cooking the same meals week by week, month by month, and you just want to change. That's where I was about a month ago until I tried Factor and it has been amazing to switch things up. Factor is a ready-to-eat meal delivery service that takes the stress out of meal planning and sets you up for success. You can skip the grocery stores, the prep work, the cooking fatigue, and instead, you get chef-crafted, dietitian approved meals that are delivered right to your door with over 35 meals to choose from per week, and they're ready to heat and eat in just two minutes. doesn't get any easier than that. Head to factormeals.com. Slash locked on MLB50. When you're there, you're gonna use that code locked on MLB50 and you'll get 50% off your first order. That's code locked on MLB50 at factormeals.com slash locked on MLB50. And you're gonna get 50% off your first set of orders. That is some massive savings and some really good food. So check it out. Factormeals.com. Slash Locked in MLB Fifty. Is Wandy Peralta the final piece to this puzzle for the New York Mets? I really think he is, and that does not mean this is a hundred-win puzzle. But if you look at the roster needs right now. Starting rotation is already addressed. They're probably not going to do anything. DH, we've had that conversation too many times. At this point, I'll believe it when I see it. I, I don't think they're going to add there. So, if you want to add to the bullpen, this is the guy. This gives you another really good reliever. You slot in there and really gives you a left handed specialist. That, that's what they need because Brooks Raley doesn't have to fill that role if you have another guy in that bullpen that can do that. And last year, He was great against lefties. They hit 128 against him, 271 on base, 213 slug. That's an OPS of 483. Now, righties, they didn't kill him, but they did much better, a 758 OPS. They only hit 229 against him. Still not the best results, but again, he's going to make his money by being really tough on lefties. Now, you look at his numbers overall, though, the last three seasons. 2.82 2.82 ERA across three years in the Yankees bullpen. So 2.95 ERA in 2021, 2.72 in 2022, 2.82 in 2023. That's some consistency. What's interesting to me about Juan Peralta, just looking through the numbers, was he's you know, two different pitchers. One guy against lefties, and a complete other guy against righties. So when he faces righties. He throws his change-up 58% of the time, or at least he did last year. Sinker, he throws 25% of the time. Those are his most used offerings. It's change-up, sinker. He'll sprinkle in a slider. He throws a four-seam fastball a little bit to, to uh, righties, but it's mostly just a heavy diet of change-ups. Now, when he's facing lefties, it flips. He throws the sinker 53% of the time. The changeup 27% of the time, and he mixes in a slider 18% of the time, and then every once in a while he throw a fastball or four-seamer, but not much. So it was just interesting to see how he works to those two different types of batters. You know, lefties, he's just gonna throw those sinkers and he's gonna get his ground balls, and he tries to get ground balls with the changeup, and he does really well at that. The ground ball rate last year was 57.1% among top relievers in the game, gets the ball on the ground, guys don't hit him too hard. He's just a really nice piece to add in that bullpen. If you have Juan Peralta, here's what the bullpen looks like. Edwin Diaz is your closer. Brooks Raley, maybe he's your eighth inning guy for all we know. Adam Adovino can pitch in the seventh or the eighth. So those are your two initial high leverage guys you're going to start the year with. Now, as the season progresses, things can change. Maybe Drew Smith puts it all together for once. That could be a high leverage guy. Maybe Jorge Lopez goes back to the 2022 version of himself in the first half at the Orioles, and he pitches really well. All of a sudden, maybe he's a high leverage guy. Maybe Kyle Crick, which is just the best name of all the bevy of minor league signs the Mets have made. Maybe he cracks the opening day bullpen, has a 0.4 ERA through the first two months of the season, And he's lights out in the eighth inning for all we know. A lot can happen. Bryce Montes de Aca, maybe he makes an appearance back uh, with the Mets this year coming off TJ. Not really sure when that return is going to happen, but it could happen at some point during this season as a relief pitcher. So you really don't know how things are going to unfold throughout the year, but I do think that high-leverage situations can get figured out. But having Brooks Raley in that mix is really important, and Adding a Wandi Peralta gives you a left handed specialist that can free up Brooks Raley to be more of a primary eighth inning guy or a seventh inning guy, so to speak. Again, I do think that roles will be a little more fluid this year than they were in the past. You can see, you know, Tyler McGill with this brand new splitter he's got, which I'll talk about that probably on its own show when I'm breaking down the rotation a little bit more in the coming days. But it's interesting that the Mets are deeming He has a splitter that's an elite pitch. Maybe he's fastball splitter out of the bullpen and he gets you, you know, three innings at a time. He goes through a lineup one time through, and that ends up being his job. He never has to advance the lineup, you know, it's two times through, even three times through. He's just a weapon out of the pen. The Mets can get creative, but Juani e. Peralta just gives you another MLB pitcher, right? Like another certified MLB reliever who's going to be able to give you 50 innings of a sub-4 ERA. And there's just not a lot of that on this team. And look, he gave the Yankees a sub-3 ERA the last three years, and the last two years he did pitch over 50 innings. So having Ottavino and Peralta is a really nice bow to put on a very strange offseason. And I do like, if they get Peralta, the Ottavino and Peralta combination more than if they went out and got Hector Nerese. I really do. I even like that more in some respects than going out and getting David Robertson for the money he got and the contract he got. Now to give you a couple other lefties that are out there, Jake Diekman stands out to me because he was awesome with the Rays down the stretch, but there's also that you know, chicken or egg thing. You know, was he awesome um, with the Rays because he's awesome or was he awesome because he was with the Rays? I don't know. But 2.18 ERA and 45 and a 30 innings pitch. You consider how much Robert Stevenson got paid for what he did with the Rays. Uh, Jake Deakman, there's just much more of a sample size of him being who he is. And he struggled the last couple of years with the White Sox. So I get why teams aren't fawning over themselves to get Jake Deakman, but he's not a bad lefty to add to your bullpen. Um, although he's not necessarily as much of a lefty specialist as just a guy that can get outs and happens to be left handed. Also, if you're just looking at free agents who are left handed, you have Joely Rodriguez, Aaron Loop, and Jason Shreve. Just wanted to mention those names because. You know they're all lefties who pitched in the Mets uniform. Maybe Aaron Luke can come back to the Mets and find whatever happened to him in 2021, where he pitched to a sub one ERA. I doubt it, but you never know. Maybe he just likes wearing blue and orange. Ultimately, anything would underwhelm me outside of signing Peralta. I'd be happy if they got another MLB arm, but those guys are all pretty volatile. Where I can see them having horrible years. Wandy Peralta, I feel pretty good about. I I think he would have a nice season for the Mets. He's another guy that, you know, comes from the Yankees and the Mets have signed a lot of New York-based free agents this offseason. Harrison Bader, Luis Severino, Adam Adovino. Wandy Peralta would fit right into that mix. Um, And it's not going to cost you a ton. He made $3.35 million last year in his final year of arbitration. He's made $8.3 million in his career. Give him the Adovino contract, the way I split it up, $4 million deal for this year. Mutual option on another $4 million for next year with a $500,000 buyout. He gets one year, $4.5 million guaranteed. You might keep him for two years. He's 32 years old. And you roll. You get him locked up, and you move on. I think that would probably get it done. And for that amount of money, come on. What are you waiting for? Sign Juan Di Peralta. And uh, let's see what he can do. But I want to talk about another sign the Mets can make this offseason, um, as well as some extension candidates that I think a lot of Mets fans would like to see locked up. So we'll talk about those other things the Mets could do before spring training in just a minute. First, though, today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Happy Super Bowl to all who celebrate from FanDuel America's number one sports book. If you're like me, Super Bowl Sunday it's all about hanging out with the family, scoring the best seat on the couch, eating some great snacks. You know, the appetizers are always awesome. Maybe get a little cocktail and then placing some Super Bowl bets. Whether you like to bet on every prop from the coin toss at the length of the National Anthem, if you just want to bet on who's going to score the first touchdown or you're just old-fashioned, bet on who's going to win the game. FanDuel has so many ways for you to end the season with a W or two or three. Not only can you bet on who will win Super Bowl 58, but FanDuel also has bets for which player will score a touchdown, just any touchdown or the first touchdown, how many points will be scored, and so much more. And new customers who join today will get $200 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. Just visit FanDuel.com to sign up. That's FanDuel.com. Make every moment more of FanDuel, an official sportsbook partner of the NFL. A couple of weeks ago, we ran a giveaway for a signed photo of Keith Hernandez. I want to do more giveaways throughout the offseason. The latest one is I have a signed photo here of Lucas Duda. Not quite the Mets first baseman that Keith Hernandez was, but Duda had its moments, selling the top 10 all-time for Mets home runs. And all you have to do to enter for a chance to win is become a Locked On Mets insider. This is our texting service where I can send you updates anytime on something breaks on the Mets. I can send you some inside analysis or any stories that I write. You can also ask me questions anytime. It's really been fun to interact more one-on-one with some of the most devoted listeners of the show. If you want to enter for a chance to win the signed photo, subscribe by Friday. I'll be sending out a text to everyone uh, you know, Friday afternoon, early evening, where all you have to do is send a reply, and one of you will win this photo. We'll be doing more giveaways throughout the season. Anyway, let's talk about what's left for the Mets to do this offseason. There are some extensions that we can talk about in a minute, but there is one more signing outside of relievers that I do think the Mets should jump on. I have talked about it previously. I did a show on it. I wrote an article on it for just baseball.com. Let's bring in Woodruff. I think the Mets should sign this guy. Yes, he's coming off shoulder surgery. He's not going to pitch this year. I understand the apprehension because it is a massive question mark. With that said, this guy has been a Cy Young candidate in the past. This guy's been an ace. He's put up great numbers. And in the article I wrote, if you want to really get a full, detailed analysis on this, I did talk about it on the show, but I wrote it out. It's the best way to sort of understand how I came to the type of structure of a contract that Woodruff could get. All you have to do is Google Brandon Woodruff, just baseball, or Brandon Woodruff contract, and pretty quickly you can find the article I wrote on this thing. And basically. I looked at Chad Green, who got uh, a contract from the Blue Jays last offseason. He was coming off an injury, but a great reliever before the injury. And it was sort of structured so that they could sign him and you know, keep him for a couple of years. It was a two-year deal that was guaranteed $8.5 million. Basically, again, I explained it more in the article, but I just doubled that contract in every single way. Um, So for Woodruff to be a two-year $17 million deal, he'd get $5 million this season, then $12 million next year. When you consider the market for starting pitchers this offseason, where Frankie Montas coming off a shoulder injury himself got $16 million, why would you not sign up for this guy if that's the price tag on a two-year deal? Even if it was two years, $20 million, I'd think about it. It's not my money, A, but B, the upside of Brandon Woodruff you know, far exceeds what Montes is going to bring to the Reds. So to me, I'd be in on Brandon Woodruff, but it's not something they have to do. I just think it might be a missed opportunity. If they don't because you know, just like you talk about the Mets being thin in the rotation this offseason, Severino, free agent. Sean Benai, if he pitches well, will be a free agent. Jose Quintana, free agent. Adrian Hauser, free agent. So we'll see what pitching prospects establish themselves, but you might be right back to square one with Kodai Senga, David Peterson, and Tyler McGill next offseason. Adding Brandon Woodruff to that mix would be a smart move in my opinion. Now, the extension candidates. Everyone wants to see Pete Alonso extended, and I do believe that would be a good uh, move for the Mets franchise to give one to the fans, to give one to Pete. And I do think there is a... Slim chance that it happens and the way it happens. And this is why I say slim is if Pete Alonzo makes it happen. He told Scott Boris to listen for, for an extension from the Mets. Scott Boris is going to push his guys to free agency, but if Pete came to him and said, I want to get a deal done with the Mets, Scott's got his hands full right now with all these free agents that are still on the market. But if at the end of spring training, when Snell and Montgomery and Chapman and all those guys hopefully have signed Scott's got a day and he ends up in Port St. Lucie. and Pete Alonzo comes to Mets brass with Boris in tow and says, I want to get a deal done. Let's talk. And they get in a room and they actually start throwing numbers around. And Alonzo is amenable to not necessarily a, complete team-friendly deal, but a, a fair market value deal that maybe has some incentives for him to push it a little bit further if he plays great, but he just really pushes the issue, yeah, contract can can come together. I just don't foresee that. There's no reason for Alonso to you know, bend over backwards to make this happen. And I actually don't even think there's any reason for the Mets to do the same thing. I think the Mets are sitting in a fine position with Pete Alonzo. They did it with Brandon Nimmo. They did it with Edwin Diaz. You can re-sign your guys when they hit free agency. There's no rule against it. It doesn't mean you have to trade them. Pete Alonzo, go out and earn that contract. Get that money. And with that motivation, even if he's a little bit pissed off about it, you might get a season where this guy drags you to the playoffs. And I, I, I'm kind of... In a position right now, as much as I want to see Pete extended, and I would you know, have an emergency podcast, and I'd shoot confetti, and I'd be thrilled about it. I really kind of want to see what this dude looks like in a contract year. So I get the Mets not doing it, just like I get them not signing a DH. Those are things that I'd be thrilled if it happened. If Jorge Soler was on the Mets and Pete Alonso was signed to an eight-year deal, man, that'd be great. Do I think either thing happens? And am I upset if they don't? No, I'm not. Here's where I would be a little bit upset. If you let this season play out with getting Francisco Alvarez locked up. He's expressed interest in a pre arb extension. The kid clearly works tirelessly in the offseason to improve his game. I think he's going to have a really big season. I did a whole podcast on this last week. There's a chance that Francisco Alvarez is an all-star this year. There's a chance that Francisco Alvarez finishes this year as a top five catcher in baseball. He has the talent. He has the work ethic. All of it. I think he's the complete package. And as I broke down on a podcast, you can look back, uh, you know, Francisco Alvarez pre-arm extension. I talked about it this offseason. So if you want, uh, my take on what that contract looks like. You can watch that show, listen to that show. To me, this is the time to do it. Okay, This is what you sort of should have done with Pete Alonso after he won Rookie of the Year. If you sign these guys early, you get them at a discount. If you wait, you're going to have to pay market value. So this is the time where you're armed with team control that you can get Francisco Alvarez locked up and have your catching situation solidified for the next 8, 9, 10 years. I think the Mets should get a deal done. So to break down what the Mets can still do before spring training, there's three things in my eyes that I'd like to see done. Number one, sign Juan de Peralta. That's that's clearly number one for me. Number two, extend Francisco Alvarez. Number three, be in the mix for Brandon Woodruff, depending on what that contract looks like. If he even does sign this offseason, he might just look at what's happened this year and say, you know what? I'm going to rehab. I'm going to do this myself. And next year when I prove health to everybody, I'm going to go out and get a big old bag. And maybe he does, but I'd be in the mix there. Those are the three things. And those other things, signing a DH, extending penal Alonso. I would love to see it. Just don't foresee it happening. Anyway, that's going to be all for today's show. I appreciate all of you who tuned in. I want to make sure you don't miss any more Locked on Mets content. Make sure you follow, rate, review your podcast If you're listening, if you're watching on YouTube, hit that subscribe button. I'd love to get to 8,000 subs by opening day. So I appreciate all of you who hit subscribe. You can follow me on X at Finkelstein Ryan. If you want to be a Locked On Mets insider, you can find the link in the episode description. Now that you made meant to end the show, head over and go to the first ever 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube covering everything in the world of sports. I'm talking about Lockdown Sports today with our local experts from each team and our league-wide experts from each league. If I lock those sports today, streaming 24-7 on YouTube.